Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey Kua. Hey Kendra. So we're back for episode three. Episode three? Episode three. Season three? Season three. Time goes by fast. It really does. So we actually just um, put out our first or first and second se- uh, episode yes. on YouTube. Yep, yep. So we have our own YouTube channel now. The, and we didn't make a big deal of this last time, we right? Did. Like we're on YouTube now, y'all. We we moving on up. We moving <laughs> yeah, on up. We, we got some different up. mechanisms to get stuff out. Yes, so excited yes, about that. Definitely for sure. Um, so as we go into uh, episode three, we have a guest today, Leah Daniel. Yes, we do. Hey, Leah. Hey, everybody. We have some hey. background. Like, I know. Something. Jamil, we got to. Okay. okay. He got, got us. Got he got us. <laughs> um, before we dive in and talk about Leah and fostering greatness and her passion for that, we'd like to dive into our hot topic. Yes. So cool. You want to introduce it? I will. I'll introduce it. Um, woo, this, this hot topic is a little, you know, it hits close to home for a lot of my friends, um, and a lot of my peers, millennials, you know, we've been hit hard. We always talk about trying to do things like home ownership and, and you know, starting your own business and all this. But the reality is a lot of us have to face debt and have, um, you know, difficulty mm-hmm. with debt. A major piece of debt that we have um, in terms of our generation comes from student loans. Dun, dun, dun. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, student loans. So this article we're going to talk about today comes from Forbes, and the title is Biden won't extend student loan relief and confirms student loan repayments, student loan payments uh, restart February 1st. And so the Biden administration came out just, what was this, yesterday? Yesterday, yep. Um, and said that they won't extend student loan relief. Everybody's going to have to start paying back those student loans starting February 1st, 2022. Um, the loans have been on pause for a while. They have since the beginning of the pandemic. Since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. This is a while. I'm like, what's the year? What year are we in? <laughs> going into um, 2022. So this is what? The second year that loan the student loans have been on um, on a pause. Uh, but essentially, with even though they are still assessing the Omicron variant that, mm-hmm. that just um, recently resurged in the United States or, you know, came up, they've been talking about this transition into repayment. And so starting February 1st, People got to start to empty their pockets exactly. and um, pay those things back. So they talked about how 41 million borrowers have benefited from the extended student loan payment pause. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they getting ready to run them checks. Yes, they are. And I know I've received emails uh, saying get ready to you know pay your student loans back and to st- and start resuming those payments. And I know a lot of people are nervous about it. Yeah. Right? I know some people have been kind of paying themselves during this time as well so that they're ready for when uh, student loans are uh, have to be repaid and starting February 1st. But there are some options to save, to start saving money, right? Okay. Let's talk about different options. So student loan refinancing, income-driven payments, or public service loan forgiveness. And I know a lot of people have been looking at that too. But I think also this is a time for us to really think about how do we revamp student loans. Hmm. Um, I obviously work in a school, and I have this conversation with our students all the time. And our students are not even educated about how student loans work how in the they first work. place. Yeah. Right? They ask questions about, do I have to repay this money back? How does this work? And they're just applying for applications for student loans and don't know the repercussions of that. So yeah. I think it's time for us, if this is going to be around for a while, and we have to obviously overhaul the whole student loan uh, payment uh, piece of it, I think it's just time for us to educate high schoolers, too, about, right. about how student loans work. 
And in addition to that, I think when you're looking at Gen Z, a lot of them are actually deferring college, right, mm. because of student loans. So we have to also weigh how that is going to have an effect on our future. Yeah. You know, are we going to have a group of kids who are, you know, have college degrees or are they going the entrepreneurship route? I think this is going to be a pivotal time to see I how things right. are going to change mm. moving forward. So the other piece of this article um, that they're talking about is student loan cancellation won't happen either. And I know a lot of people our age um, heard that message loud and clear during yes. the last president's um, in terms of the last election. Right. And that was a real big campaign initiative of Biden who said, I'm going to cancel these loans. Mm -hmm. um, they said that there was hope. Obviously, there was a lot of hope that there were going to be a last minute financial lifeline uh, with student loan cancellation. However, there's no indication that that will happen. Um, and therefore, get your checks ready. I keep saying it. Get your checks ready. <laughs> your you checks know, it's ready. it's back to that. Um, yes. And so, yeah, you know, I think in this conversation, Leo, we're excited that you have joined us today. Um, last week, we talked a lot about generations and generational mm -hmm. differences. Um, and so the, the theme, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but the theme, we're really hitting on different characteristics as it relates to things that diversity, equity, and inclusion um, impacts mm -hmm. and different, yes. um, you know, just themes. And so the theme this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about poverty um, through the lens of economics, right? Mm -hmm. Economics is a really big part of diversity, equity, inclusion. When you mm -hmm. think about how economics really shape how people are either successful yeah. or a lack of success dependent on um, your financial status. Right. And so we want to talk to you, but before we get into that theme, we want you to give us, you know, intro a little, a little about what you do, who you are, mm -hmm. your story. Um, and we're, like we said, we're excited that you're here with us. Well, thank yes. you both Akua and Kendra for having me. I am really excited um, to be on this platform and to share just about some of the things that I've been working on. I know that we all have worked together on many different yeah, initiatives, yeah. but this is an opportunity now for me to speak about fostering greatness, which yes. I'm really, really excited about. So um, my name is Leah Angel Daniel, and um, I am the founder and executive director of Fostering Greatness, Inc., which is a nonprofit organization that assists foster care youth, mm. young adults, and alumni, especially those of color who are either transitioning out of the foster care system or who have already transitioned out of the foster care system. Okay. So if you don't know much about foster care youth, um, they are one of the most vulnerable, disadvantaged, and at-risk um, groups of young people. Mm. You know, um, they come from an environment where maybe they weren't given the appropriate skills to be successful. Mm -hmm. And the expectation, though, for them is that once they leave the foster care system, that they're these productive citizens who um, are adultified mm -hmm. and have this adultification that they should know everything and do everything the right way. But that's the furthest from the truth. Okay. And instead of being young people who are thriving, they're in survival mode. And as we know, based on statistical information, mm -hmm. that when anyone is in survival mode, they're prone to do any and everything they can do in order right. to just survive, mm -hmm. which puts them at risk of, you know, being in prison, um, human sex trafficking victims, mm -hmm. prostitution, mm -hmm. you know, um, drug and alcohol abuse, just anything that will get them by because they don't have the proper tools to be the best that they can be. So the purpose of Fostering Greatness, Inc. was just to stop that. Um, I am currently a doctoral student, so yes. while working on my dissertation, yes. I found that between the vital ages of like 18 and 24 years of age, that foster care youth, those were very vital moments mm. where 
they were falling, just falling down to the, you know, just we're here. Okay. We don't right. have anything else to get. We're here. We need help. Right. And so most of them um, either had backgrounds in the juvenile justice system mm. or either in foster care. Mm-hmm. And they're basically saying, we need help. And so I said, well, we see what, what age range they're in, and we can help them in a system. Mm-hmm. So what can I do? Um, this is very, very um, personal to me because I grew up in the foster care mm-hmm. system. So I know firsthand you know, some of the things um, as far as like the barriers, the adversity that youth, especially youth of color, Mm -hmm. face while being in the foster care system and the negative stereotypes that are placed upon you before you even get a chance to live life. Mm. So I made it my mission to just do something. And so I started out programmatically saying, okay, well, I'll mentor some youth. And, um, you know, because we need to see representation Absolutely. of success yes. yeah. of people that look like right. us. Yep. Yep. I know that when I grew up in the foster care system, they had the book uh, with David Peltzer, The Child Called It. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not my story. Like, right. I don't know. You right. know, this is a white man right. who right. went through A, B, C, and D, but I cannot relate. Mm-hmm. So it didn't do anything for me. Mm. Um I was I went to performing arts high school, so I broke the mold of what they said foster care kids would look like or would be like. I went to college, and even though I did all of these things, I still didn't have all the answers. Mm. I still found myself at 21 being homeless because nobody spoke to me about anything, about what to do with this money that I had once I left the foster care system. Got you. So I did the the thing that I thought was most responsible. I paid off my vehicle, took my sibling school shopping and went to the Caribbean for three weeks and came back with $32 out of $10,000. Wow. My social worker didn't sit down and say, here's a financial plan. This is what will happen. You know, once you, you know, leave foster care just in case, you know, put some money aside. I wasn't thinking I was YOLO. You know, you only live once I'm 21, this big amount of money. I grown up in poverty, you know, And I was not prepared. And so uh, three weeks before going to graduate school, I found that I did not have a place to live. Mm -hmm. And I found myself questioning, should I even go to graduate school? Um, What would I do? Where would I go? But thank goodness that I had a concrete support in my time of need, which Mm -hmm. were my mentors, people who looked out for me, made sure that I had somewhere to stay and Mm -hmm. made sure that I had employment when I came home for the summer. But the reality is a lot of foster care Mm -hmm. youth don't have those supports. And so... um, My purpose has just been to educate and um, not only just educate, but to do something about it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, some type of sustainability, you know, stability for them. Um, So when the pandemic happened, there was so many foster care youth reaching out to me and I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do? I found myself paying out of my own personal account to get them hotel rooms, DoorDash, Uber Eats. And I was like, this is a real issue, Hmm, you know, this housing. And I knew it was an issue before, but it was even more prone now. And so I had one young man call me and he said, Miss Leah, I had to lie today at ECMC. And I said, well, what happened? He said, I had to lie and say that I was going to hurt myself because I didn't have a place to go and I was hungry and I didn't have anything to eat. So now he had to go. And this is something that's on his record. Will which will prohibit him mm. from getting a, a certain type of job he may want, or again, stereotyping him. And I said, you know, what can I do in order to change that? Mm. And so then I thought about the housing aspect. Um, there was a policy that was set in place for foster care youth up until the age of 27, where they were able to get uh, Section 8 vouchers. Okay. But the policy is there, but nothing has been done. And there's a wait list for Section 8, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So 
what do we do for these this vulnerable population? And that's where Fostering Greatness decided to build a building specifically for them, wow. something for Freaking them. And matter. as FUBU wow. say, for us, by us. Yes. <laughs> but a place where yeah. they know that it's, it's kind of like a resource, you know, for them. Um, on my website, I ha- it states access, opportunity, and community support. So mm-hmm. access to things that they know that are available for mm-hmm. them. The opportunity to obtain these things. Mm-hmm. And then community supports to assist them. Not do it for them, but do right. it with them right. to assist them to community support so that when this resource is no longer available for them or they've aged past that, that they're able to navigate in the community themselves and amongst each other. Because a lot of them don't have fairy tale endings. They right. can't go back to family members right. or things like that. So how can they build community with each other and depend on each mm. other? So that's what's been going on right now. And I tell you, I didn't start out with all of that. Yeah. You know, in right. 2018, I just started out, well, what can I do? What, what can I give back that was given to me? You know, because I feel like that this is my purpose right, right. now. Hmm. And when I say when I was just obedient and did everything I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. doors and windows and everything yes. started opening and things that I could not even imagine that I would be doing, I'm doing today. So That's I just awesome. wanted to share. Oh, Listen, yes, we, and we, we always talk about we so expi- inspired, inspired every time we have guests on. Because Absolutely. I'm inspired and we'll talk about how we can support you and fostering greatness towards the end of the podcast. Um, but when you talk about access, right, and you mm. talk about what does that look like, and we know that the system is very convoluted, and yes. the system is, you know, has so many different layers to it. Um, but when you talk about access, talk about a little bit more what does that mean in terms of um, the age group that you're looking at. How are they getting access? How are you helping them at- obtain that access? Mm-hmm. What does that look like, the barriers that you're seeing? Because someone who's listening to this podcast may be a part of some of the things that they are creating those barriers for these mm-hmm. for these people. So mm-hmm. talk to us about what the access looks like in terms of um, economics and things like that. Okay, so with foster care youth, um, people may just assume that they know certain things because they're a certain age, and they don't. Okay, a lot of them are really starting at the foundation, you know, of things. So even thinking about something as simple as opening up a bank account, what does that look mm. like? How much money should you have in there? How much money should you take out and save when you have a job? All of those fundamental things. Mm-hmm. So just even having a conversation. And it's not a one-size-fits-all because mm-hmm. everybody's situation is different. Right. Right. You know, um, while they're in foster care, just like myself, I was in an independent living program. So where they assist you with saving money, everybody's not in independent living. Got you. So they may have that situation. Um, they have access to certain scholarships if they're working um, on workforce development programs or if they're in college. So having access to Chafee funding, what does that look like? Okay. There was even money available um, during COVID that they had, but it was a first come first serve basis. So what does that look like? And then if they have children while they're in care, the children are also, um, I guess you would call them a ward of the state, which is yeah. like an orphan. Right. So are they able to get benefits for their children while being in care too? And mm. as a ward of the state, if you go to college, you're 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 able to get every everything that's available for financial aid. Right. Now, before I know, when I went to school in 2000, that covered everything. Today, that's a different story. Gotcha. It does not cover everything. Gotcha. So they do have to take out student loans in order to just live. I remember when I started my um, doctoral journey, mm-hmm. I ended up getting custody of my two younger brothers who were still in foster care, and I ended up getting them when I came back to Buffalo. They came with the clothes on their backs. I mm-hmm. had to take out that extra student loan at UB because how would I, my paycheck alone could not support two teenage boys. Wow. You know, they'll eat you out of house and home. That's the first (laughs) thing. But the second thing is you don't want them to feel less than, 
And right. you know, they're in school, certain clothes they want to have, right. you know, because kids are cruel. Right. And then you just want to make sure that you're giving them everything you can give them right. in order for them to feel sufficient. Yeah. And so just thinking about that, just having to make these adult decisions mm-hmm. and really not even knowing, as you both said, you know, what you're getting yourself into. Right. And then almost two houses later of student loan debt. Yep. You're like, what did I get myself into? Right. Yeah. So just thinking about that, a lot of the youth in care, they're in these real life situations. Mm-hmm. And then let's not even talk about if their parents or whoever, you know, was the parental person who took care of them before they were in care. A lot of them use their names. They have their, I mean, a whole bunch of scenarios that I've run into. And I'm like, how do we get through this? Right. We go downtown to apply for benefits. They treat you like your dog off the street, yeah. talk right. to you any kind of way. And right. I'm like, do they even know who I am? But right. they, this is how they treat people, exactly. you know? And so it discourages an individual from even wanting to apply for um, food stamps, Section 8, you know, any of the subsidies that's available. Mm-hmm. But they're there for them to use them. But again, systemically and systematically, that racism that, that's there right. prohibits right. us right. from getting those things. And stigma. I think you're talking yeah. a lot about stigma that yeah. might be associated with um, coming from a specific place or, you know, um, being a part of that larger system mm-hmm. and relying on that system for, you know, basic care and basic needs yes. in terms of what you're describing. And so, you know, first of all, congratulations. You. you are killing it. You, I mean, come on. She's talking about running a nonprofit. <laughs> She's a PhD student and on top of that has a full time job. Um, in terms of the work that you're doing and, two kids. and a mother and, two, and, and a, a mother wife. and yes. a wife listen on top of that so yes. we listen. see you we see you and you you've Thank been doing you. the yes. thing um and we'll we'll allow you to talk a little bit more like Kendra said about where to find you and, and mm-hmm. get more information and and how our listeners could potentially support and collaborate with you in the Absolutely. future um but you mentioned you, you talked a lot about like this reference of understanding adulthood and coming into this this space where you know, now you got all these adult responsibilities. You mm-hmm. got to live somewhere. You got to, um, you know, provide for yourself and, and create the space for yourself. How did you, so you, you, you talked about your story and kind of how you navigated that. What lessons did you learn, I guess, in that process around, you know, finances mm-hmm. um, that you're now taking and teaching to the youth that you're mentoring or helping through your nonprofit? Like, what was that transition like for, for you specifically? I felt like in my 30s is really when I got a hold of things because I was exposed to just different outlets. So being involved with the Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals and Mm. being involved with the Oshai Leaders of Color and Mm -hmm. just being in these circles where there were a lot of people who knew a lot about finances and I wasn't afraid to say, I don't know that. Right. You know, can you teach me? Because I want to do better and I want to be better and I want to be able to pull those who are behind Mm. me who don't know. Okay. You know, so thinking about things like stocks and, and um, buying houses Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm thinking like, we should have been doing all of this. We could have pulled our money together. And I just feel like, you know, especially with people of color, we're the last to know everything. And so about time we find out anything, the resources have dried Mm. up. So um, again, just in in my early thirties, just really learning because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so um, I wasn't able to ask the appropriate questions because again, that was not my environment at that time. And again, still being in my twenties in survival mode, Mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet because Mm -hmm. I'm taking care of my siblings and then trying to still do what I want to do with my life and fulfill my destiny. Right. It's like, how do you do all of that and navigate all of that 
and then think about all these other things. Yeah, yeah. You know, until now I have my own children. I want to be able to instill in them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. generational wealth, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. what does that look like, you right. know? And having access to different things that are on YouTube and on Instagram and following different influencers. So that really has helped me, okay. you know, on that journey. And then again, seeing women, black women who mm-hmm. have these books that come out and really teaching you things like uh, Patrice Washington, mm. you know, different things like that. So saying, okay, listen, or um, Clever Girl Finances, where everything is free online, and, okay. you know, and the Budgetista, you know, yeah. so all of those different things that where they're saying, okay, we get it. We know that, you know, you may not know A, B, C, and D, but we're going to help you where you're at. Right. So I just wanted right. to take that same mindset. That's awesome. Absolutely love it. And you talk about even earlier talking about community and coming together and community engagement. We have so many different resources, like you just mentioned, Oshai, Buffalo Urban League, things like that. But what about those people, those youth who we talk about access all the time, right? And we talk mm. about the digital divide. We talk about all these things. We're late to the party because, you know, we don't know about a lot of things that come up. So where do you feel as if the need is just for someone? And I, I think that I'm a person in the community where I like to bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. Where do you see is the place where a lot of these people can find these resources, right? Because it's not always online. It's a lot of it is word of mouth. But if someone just doesn't know, um, where can, and I guess it's a personal reason, or personal reason why I'm asking, where can I help in terms of filling that gap and helping give people that, those community resources that they need? Well, I think um, really just knowing about places like Fostering Greatness and Mm -hmm. really bringing access Mm -hmm. to those places. So Mm -hmm. if we have the population already and we say we're going to do these workshops or even by me being the middle person with the foster care agencies and saying, okay, these youth are in independent living programs. What can we put together so that they can learn and that they can see people that look like them and they feel inspired and they feel motivated and they can ask you questions based on their own specific um, life goals or plans. Right. So those type of things and just providing them, putting them in the room, you know, and I think that will allow them to ask anything they want to and you make the decision right then and there what you're able to do so you may Mm want to mentor some of them Mm -hmm. you may want to um send some some packages for those who are in college or just even some of them you may say here's my email or cell phone number and if you ever just need anything words of encouragement or whatever i think individually you just make your own decision based on the connection you may have to those young people that you meet Right. And I think about that, too, because even I go back to, you know, my place of employment right now and I think about ways that we can give back to the community. Mm -hmm. And I always say it goes beyond a food drive. It goes beyond Mm -hmm. a clothing drive. We need to understand who we're giving to. We need to whether it's a food drive and addressing food insecurity, Mm -hmm. whether it's okay, we have fostering greatness instead of just always just giving. Mm -hmm. How about we go and we talk to the youth? We talk to people. What are their needs? What are we seeing? Mm -hmm. Making sure you have that connection because you can always serve as a resource. And I always and, and I think that's just the best way to make sure that we're connecting people mm-hmm. and, and thriving. I know your tagline is going from surviving to thriving, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yes. Um, I never really knew that I was in survival mode until I really started thriving. Hmm. You know, um, when you have that stress and that anxiety that's there all the time, your life is moving so fast, you think it's normal. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I realized that it wasn't, And I liked how I felt when I was thriving and Mm -hmm. I was able to focus and I was relaxed and Mm -hmm. I felt accomplished. I saw the difference Mm. and I said, I don't like the way my body feels Mm -hmm. when I'm in survival Mm -hmm. mode. I don't like the way that I think Mm -hmm. um, when I'm in survival mode. And then having access to those youth 
who were in survival mode and really understanding where their mindset was. Right. And um, the transition came for me when I felt like I had stability financially um, and even just having a home to live in where I know nobody could tell me you have to leave. Right. Right. Where I felt safe. Right. And stable. And I would have to say when I had my own children, because I was able to give them things as far as um, mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. physically Mm -hmm. that I didn't have when Mm -hmm. I was younger. And I was able to really call the shots. And I would always say when I was younger, you know, while I was in care, I didn't have a choice or an opportunity. But as an adult, I do have a choice and an opportunity to do the things that I want to do, how I want to do them and when I want to do them. So I'm not going to take anything less than what I want. Right. You know, and so that's the difference. I felt while I was in care and even just growing up as a young adult, like I didn't have any power Mm. that people were always calling the shots for me or telling me what I was going to be or what I wasn't going to be. Right. And I always said, well, I'm going to show them. And it went from me saying I'm going to show them to just Leah live your life and do what you want to do, you know? And so that transition again came in my early twenties when I just decided that I just wanted to live on my own terms and I was more confident with who I was. Mm -hmm. And that was again, based on being immersed in the church, you know, Mm -hmm. just people who were there who helped me feel good about myself, who saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, I had a mentor, her name is Miss Washington. And she would always say, "Mm." you got it. And I was like, what is it? She was like, you got that it factor. And I didn't understand that then, but she never gave up on me. And she always stayed, you know, even when, you know, I made some decisions that I shouldn't have made. She said, okay, now you got that out of your system. Now Mm. what are you going to do next? And did this, is this going to help or hinder what you choose to do next? So really making me think about my decisions and not saying you're dumb, you're stupid, or you shouldn't have did that, or you're not going to be anything. Hmm. She wasn't one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I think um, just through my life, I've just truly been blessed with people who, again, who have just sold into me. And I even think about just environment wise, Mm -hmm. like growing up, there was a situation where I was in a program that was specifically for foster care youth. Okay. And um, they had us do internships. And the one particular lady got me an internship with Sand and Boats. Now, anybody who knows me knows I love to keep my nails done. Okay. (laughs) And I was in high school and I was like, listen, ma'am, I can't do, I don't sand boats. And she said, well, do you think you're better than the other Mm. foster care youth that are here? And I said, I'm not saying that I'm better, Mm -hmm. but I go to a whole performing arts high school. That's not what I want to do. Right. And she looked at my independence and of me saying that I didn't want to do it like I was being defiant and not listening. And then there was another lady that worked there. and She ended up getting me an internship at this black store called All Day Sunday in Rochester. It used to be in the bus station there. And I had the opportunity to go down every Saturday for three months and I ended up doing a production with Gar Fagan and Carl Kanai called Sea Fashion Dance. And that was one of the most memorable things I remember. And I went to school for broadcasting and mass media. That was like the highlight of like my junior year. And I really appreciated that lady for doing that to me because the other lady did not Hmm. listen. And years later, when I went to speak in that program, that lady who tried to get me to sand boats came up to me and said, she did not think that I would make it as far as I've made it because I did not listen. And I told her, no, you didn't listen. Right. 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 You have to, you can't just dumb us down because we're in foster care and everybody have different dreams, goals, and aspirations. And so from that point, I just realized, you know, the system, they don't really think much of youth of color. You know what I mean? And, um, 
we have to have some allies. We have to have yeah. some people there rooting for those youth that are set in place to let them know that even though those other people are around, that mm-hmm. we're here too, you know, yeah. and to assist them. So I just, I hold on to those stories to remember that, you know, my why and why I'm doing mm-hmm. the work I'm doing because it's not easy. And it's discouraging sometimes because there's not a lot of money within um, human services right. or any of these things. And these systems have been set up for us right. not to win. Yeah. We exactly. know that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going against all of that and hundreds of years of different things. Right. You know, they call it um, indentured servants. And mm-hmm. you see all of this is happening. It looks like another form of slavery, hmm. you know, and. Right you know, adopt, not adoption, but orphans and how things came to be and how people shipped their kids off and they thought it would be better for them and they were on these trains and it mm-hmm, wasn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the same situations, you know. We're just trying to change things a little bit here and there, but that's why Fostering Greatness is there to just be a resource to let them know that you do have something specifically for this particular population, right. that they don't have to come there and tell their story a thousand and one times that we are there to help them with their life plans, whether it's uh, if they want to get a job at McDonald's, uh, they're working in the kitchen or or in a corporation. Right. Whether, you know, their goal is just to be able to get up and go to school that day. Hmm. You know, whatever it may be, whatever success looks like for them, yeah. we're going to assist them with that. Right. I listen and I hear... You know, you, you talk, you're talking about a lot of different layers here. Um, mm-hmm. And in the DNI space, we, we, we talk about all these mm-hmm. different intersections, yeah. right? Um, systems and what systems look like yes. and how systems really give people advantages or disadvantages right. in terms of how they're built and how they're structured. Um, but one thing that you said um, just now that really struck, you know, stuck out to me was this sense of value. Um, and oftentimes within some of these systems, and, and I think about, like, what's valued in the United States, mm-hmm. because we talk about the, the different dominant values in the United States, and one of them is success-oriented. One of them is achievement. Um, being able to, I, I think a lot of the, the um, words around it is, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, mm-hmm. um, you know, work hard. Mm-hmm. And, and people yeah. have really, they have, they have associations to, these different systems. Um, and so when you're describing this woman who said, Oh, you think you're better. Mm -hmm. She put you in the specific category and box Mm -hmm. to say that you should just be, you know, you should be grateful for anything Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. given to Mm -hmm. you. Um, but one of the things that you said earlier too, was that you're meeting individuals where they're at Mm -hmm. and you're putting value behind those connection points and the connections that you're making for, um, these people. And I think, we, we have to take a larger look at that, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of dominance, cultural dominance, mm-hmm. what we value, what's desirable, what's undesirable. Um, but giving people that sense of, of self mm-hmm. um, through saying you do have choice, right? Here's a choice for you. You don't have to take just what's given to you in that way so right and we're all emerging you know a lot of times they talk about emerging leaders and emerging as an individual um i never thought that i would be working on a doctorate degree that Mm. was not my goal my goal the only thing that i did when i graduated from performing arts high school was just to go to college okay and when i went to college i said i just want to leave buffalo i'll go a little bit away but not too far okay and being in college that opened up a whole nother world to me and when it was time to graduate, I said, I'm not ready to go yet. So okay. I'll get my master's, okay. you know, yeah. so okay. let me get my master's. And while I was getting my master's and there were some professors that really mentored me. Mm. And one of them said, well, why don't you get your doctorate degree? And I was like, I don't know anything about getting a doctorate degree. And 
I went ahead some years later and was wow. working on it. And it yeah. was one of the best decisions that I made. Stressful. Yeah. But <laughs> one of the best decisions because I get to become that expert. And right now I am focusing on African-American women mm. who identify as transformational leaders and who has a history in the foster care system and focusing on post-traumatic growth, not stress, post-traumatic growth, Hmm. six different areas in their life that has really motivated them and pushed them beyond resiliency. So thinking about Well, you got to talk about, you got to, you know, you gave us a sneak back on. Yeah, you got to come back when you're done with that, but you got to give us at least a little sneak peek in terms of what are those six drivers, like what what areas are you looking at within your study? So your sense of self, Mm. spirituality, um, those different type of things. So things that make up you as an individual. And then if we think about the history of poverty and black women Mm -hmm. and welfare, Mm -hmm. you know, black women have always been at the end of the totem pole Hmm. with that. And even as a black woman growing up in foster care, they say, oh, well, nine times out of 10, if you have children, your kids are going to be in foster care or in the system. So just having that statistical information but nothing about positivity, nothing about really those alumni who have graduated when we only see information up until the age of 21, but we know that we are non-traditional students. So why would they not go on into the age of 30 to see what happens? I mean, I met one young lady who had been in 64 foster homes, you know, in New York City. And now we know that's, that instability, she's not going to be in too many schools for too long. Right. But yet now she's working on her doctorate degree wow. and she's in her 30s. So they're not looking at these non-traditional wow. yeah. stories, but yet they're still holding on. It's only 3% that graduate from college. I'm like, that's not real. Right. That's not right. And then when we think about the makeup of the adolescent brain, mm-hmm. right, and how the brain develops, the brain doesn't fully develop until the age of 27. Okay. So if you're exposed to trauma, it even takes even longer. Yeah. Yep. So again, yep. you're expecting this maturity or this adultification for these people and you're, you're putting it at 21 and mm-hmm. 24 mm-hmm. and they haven't even had the opportunity to emerge right. yet. Right. right, right. So you don't have the right information. Right. So right. that's why I said, okay, well, let me look at some of these women who are in these alumni groups. And I say to them, you know, why haven't you ever told your story? They say, well, Leah, nobody ever asked us, Mm. you know? And I said, well, you know, this one lady said, well, are you a former foster care youth? And I said, no, I'm an adult. I'm an alumni, a foster care alumni. So that's that coin phrase that I want to put out there. Um, and, and, and feel free for other alumni yeah. to right. come forward and say, listen, I'm a success story. Right. Yes, I may have had a lot of bumps and bruises, but that's for anybody in life. That, right. you know, we have to normalize that. People go through things. Right. Some people's lives look different than others, but that right. doesn't mean anybody's value any less. Mm-hmm. So just, again, putting that out there. And I think sometimes you have to hear it mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. to know that it's okay, and especially for them. You know, I know that I needed constant reassurance when I was growing up because I always heard, well, you're not going to be anything. Why are you in the foster care system? What did you do? You internalize that, too. And then you share. I mean, it was even kids are so cruel. I don't know if y'all remember this song, but they said, yo mama on crack rock. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready to fight. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so those type of things. And then growing up, it's like I'm still not prepared. My mom still was an addiction when I hmm. aged out. Hmm. So how do you deal with that when you're immersed back into your family? Right. And how do you build boundaries? Hmm. How do you, because you're different, hmm. how do you submerge yourself in this this family right. where now you're looking at them like they're dysfunctional? Right. Wow. Right. You know, so all of these things that you have facing, right. you know, you, little old you, right. what do you do? 
Right. And we talk about language all the time and how words matter. Right? Yes, and yes. Speaking truth and light and positivity into people. Um, and I always say too, and I, I always talk about my faith and things like that. But mm-hmm. when you talk about surviving through thriving, God puts you in that place to thrive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you can circle back mm-hmm. to have fostering greatness mm-hmm. to speak truth and light into other people. Right. So it wasn't by mistake. Right. It wasn't. It was right. by design. Right. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you definitely for sure. Appreciate you. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, and I'm just curious as to what is next. I know you had talked about. Um, you know, fostering greatness being a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. But what is what is next for fostering mm-hmm. greatness? Where do you see um, fostering greatness thriving in five years from now? Yes. So right now I'm working on a partnership with a banking institution so that we can assist with generational wealth and really assisting them with what does that look like? And even saying, are there internships available through the bank, Mm. you know, that they can work on and where they can move up, even if they don't have a college degree, what does that look like? So it's very promising right now with this one bank I'm working with. um, And I'll be able to let you know more in 2022. Okay. But I also have a partnership with home housing opportunities Mm. may equal where they assist um, foster care youth and young adults who are tenants, you know, what does a good tenant look like? Uh, what are the responsibilities and if you want to own a home what does that look like so really explaining to them working with them about what you know what these two different possibilities are Mm -hmm. and even assisting them with first month's rent and last month's rent security deposit things like that so to assist them and to let them know that the programs like that are available and then just partnering with other foster care agencies because they do have these youth that are really hungry to Mm -hmm. learn and want to see people that look like them so I don't mind I go to a lot of um, different counties other than Erie okay. where we do have youth that are placed out of the, out there due to gang violence or other things where they're trying to get out of the city but they don't have anyone that look like them yeah. you know and so coming out and working with them and doing different retreats and things like that so that's what we've been doing but again partnership really trying to get this brick and mortar together because okay. that would be the one-stop shop you know right. for the resource center and then the housing and then looking at um, some partnerships with maybe Habitat for Humanity to assist some of mm, these youth who are it. doing workforce development to build some homes and then maybe they can go on to purchase those homes. Wow. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's like this pipeline that you're creating yeah, absolutely. Um, through partnerships obviously but then kind of thinking about what those needs are going to look like in the future so girl you doing it and there's some housing on some college campuses that's year round so we want to work on that too okay small campuses so and i think you know for our listeners i think it's really important to hear because you know we have these Mm -hmm. different connections we're going to put this out there and and um you know get your information out there but how can folks find you how can people help you, um, you know, drop your website so people can know where to go? Yes. Uh, donate. donate. Is there a yes. donate button on the website? Yes, there is. Okay. Yes, there is. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a website, www.fosteringgreatnessinc.org. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And you can also find me, Leah Angel Daniel, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, you know, um, ask somebody, tell them to Google me. Right. I'm available. But um, we recently just had um, a fundraising event for um, November, which is known as National Homelessness Awareness Month. Mm. And a lot of youth were reaching out. And so we were able to put this together um, in 10 days Mm -hmm. and we were able to assist 22 youth with um, housing for the next two months for uh, the wintertime. And as we know, Buffalo can get very, very cold Mm -hmm. in the wintertime, which is what we're known for. But just being able 
to assist them, that was really, really helpful. So uh, we do have our donation um, link on the website, and okay. it's through GiveBox. We do have PayPal also. So um, please feel free to reach out to me. My number is also 716 716- Two two eight three eight two four, and um, I am available. So even if there are alumni out there, youth that are in mm. care, um, and they just need somebody to talk to, they want to know about some resources. Um, they need help with some internships or just direction of what they want to do, whether college, workforce development, child care, any of those things. Please send them to Fostering Greatness and to myself because we will assist them. Um, and if there is anyone that wants to volunteer, mm, we yes. are open to volunteers um, to assisting us and any other ideas that people may have that they feel that, yeah. you know, uh, this population would benefit from. So, awesome. Awesome. again, this is near and dear to me. Um, I am an alumni also, and I'm just grateful for any and everybody um, that has assisted us thus far. I appreciate it. Thank you so much that for was sharing amazing. your story. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we always like to leave the people with a gem of the day. So is there anything that you want to <laughs> drop on the on the people? I know you got she your, dropped. Your jewelry. She <laughs> does have her jewelry <laughs> like the, the gems. Do, anything you want to drop? Let's see today, because I always have a good word. <laughs> <laughs> but um to whom much is given, much mm-hmm. is required. And um I never want to take it lightly for how blessed that I've been. And um, being in foster care was very, very traumatic and tumultuous. And um, just knowing what some of these youth are going through. And I just want people to be mindful and be kind Mm. and, and, and gracious to them because you never know what these youth are dealing with. And um, some stories are are very, very um, hard and traumatic. And I just think like, how would I even be able to get through that? And they're getting through. So when you look at these youth that are in care, don't judge them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just try to love on them as best as you can, how you can, in whatever way that's possible and um, assist them because we're leaving our future to them. Right. You know, once we're gone, they're here. And so again, give what you can. And that doesn't have to be monetarily wise, but of yourself, because that's what a lot of people did for me. And I would not be where I am today if it was not for those people. So just leaving those uh, tidbits with you. We are so proud of you. We've been watching this journey. You've been working, you know, you've been doing it. Um, but I think, you know, for Kendra and I, like we said, you're an inspiration. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're somebody that we look at and see and value the work that yes. you're doing. And so continue to do it. Uh, we'll be we'll here be supporting here. you. We will see you. We have to bring you back to talk a little bit more about those partnerships and where that leads to. Yes. Um, but Please. just we'll, we'll link your contact information in the show notes so yep. that people can um, find you easily. Okay. And look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank yes. you. Thank yes. you. Thank you both. Well, that is a wrap for episode three. Episode three in the books. So have a great one. We'll see y'all. Bye. Peace. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Black Gems Dive In on Twitter and Instagram and at Black Gems Dive In Podcast on Facebook.